Ah, hello there. It is so lovely to see you this beautiful Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. Uh, for those of you who haven't met me before, I'm Dan. I'm a teaching pastor here, and I'm excited that we have this opportunity to uh, continue through this revive, or revive School reading plan. Whoa, that's really old. Our Redeeming Life reading plan. And uh, that's been leading us through the book of Acts as we're watching um, about how lives are being changed when the good news of the gospel is being uh, spread out. And uh, at this stage, uh, right here in uh, Acts chapters 10, 11, uh, it's a pivotal moment in the entire book of the Bible where uh, we're in the entire book of Acts, excuse me, even in, indeed throughout the entire book of the Bible, that uh, the gospel is crossing cultural boundaries where it's going to seed uh, in the household of this man called Cornelius, an uncircumcised Gentile, a God-fearer, but still, nevertheless, an uncircumcised Gentile. And this is, uh, for a lot of people within the this Christian movement, or this these followers of the way, rather, uh, that uh, this is uh, a step too far, where uh, where where Peter, what it is that he's done in in um, uh, bringing the gospel to Cornelius's household uh, is a breach of Jewish law, and it's unlawful, and that he's he's broken the law in doing so. So now Peter, as we're going to find here in chapter eleven, is being summoned back uh, to give account for his actions before the the leaders in Jerusalem of this movement, and Peter in this point, is giving an account for his actions. Not only why he's trying to, how should we say this? Uh, you know how when, if you've, if you've gotten in trouble and you have to give an explanation for your actions, that somehow it's easy to want to try and uh, uh, massage the truth to make it seem not quite so bad as what it's made out to be to say, well, it's, I didn't really go to Cornelius's household. I was really only just like, you know, met him at a gas station outside and, you know, we just shared Skittles together and, you know, like, it's not really that, you know, that, that fraternizing and like, he's still an uncircumcised, you know, Gentile, but we're still Jews. And so like, it wasn't really all that bad, you know, you know, fake news, Twitter trolls, they just blow everything out of proportion, right? Uh, no, that's not what's happening here. Peter is giving uh, a transparent account of what it is that's actually happened. Not because that he's trying to um, protest his innocence, but rather because he knows that if this thing has happened, that, that, this, that this crossing this cultural boundary, which he himself did not want to do, is the sort of thing that the direction that the whole church is going to have to go into if it's going to actually fulfill what uh, what Jesus intended from the very beginning that they're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That as the gospel goes out, that they're not going to be going out and playing favorites uh, and just uh, sowing seed among the, 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 the Jews, the chosen people of God, but that this is good news for everybody. They don't get to pick and choose favorites about who's in and who's out. Um, the good news has to go to all people. 
And so with that in mind, uh, what we're going to see here in chapter 11 is not only how this testimony and of Peter uh, explaining his actions about what's happened is not only going to affect the, the leaders within the Jerusalem council, but also see how, how this encounter with Cornelius and its testimony about, his, about Peter's actions within the Jerusalem council actually has this multiplying effect and influence throughout what it's going to get reach to the church in Antioch. And uh, with the, where the church in Antioch becomes one of the first living, healthy demonstrations of a multi-ethnic church, uh, which is exciting, and it's wonderful, and it's beautiful. And what's so fascinating about this is that, that this, this phenomenon isn't lost on, on Luke as he's writing this down, is that it's in Antioch, here in chapter 11, that the followers of the way are first called Christians. That moniker, that designation, where if you're looking at what these people are doing and what kind of people they're like, here's the best way that I can describe it to y'all. They're Christians. They're followers of Christ. They bear the kinds of fruits of repentance and unto new life that uh, that is a mark of a true disciple and... Um, and we're going to start calling them Christians in Antioch. And uh, history has never been the same since, has it? But with that in mind, let's read Acts chapter 11. And it says this, The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air, then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing or impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then... Three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. So it's interesting how the message and salvation fit hand in glove, and that even though Cornelius, as, a, as far as being a God-fearer goes, was, could be considered you know, a, a righteous man, a good man, 
um, whose actions were pleasing in the sight of God. That even with that, that didn't actually mean that he had the gift of knowledge unto salvation. That there's a difference between um, between being a God-fearer on the one hand and actually experiencing salvation through Jesus Christ on the other. And that in order to be able to make his life whole, to make his life complete, um, even as a God-fearing centurion, he still needed to hear the good news of Jesus so that he and his whole household could actually be saved. Uh, but let's continue. Verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. So with that in mind, let's look and see how this change that's affected Peter, that's, um, that's come back and is um, spreading throughout uh, the 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 fellowship of Christians within Jerusalem and what that means or how that has its effect on the church worldwide. Uh, and it says this, verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. It's a little ways away. Telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. In other words, this news that they're hearing isn't something that they just want to receive by hearsay. Uh, Barnabas is going up to Antioch to discern if whether or not uh, the things, the rumors that have reached their ears are actually true. Is the church in Antioch bearing all of the distinctive marks of a living faith in Jesus Christ as they are in Jerusalem? Barnabas, you go and, uh, you know, be the health inspector. Uh, is this um, the, the, you know, bearing the marks of the true church? Uh, go and find out um, if, if the gospel has really gone to seed um, and if it's really granted even the Gentiles repentance unto new life and that what's going up there is a legitimate work of God. Um Barnabas, go and bring us back a full-scale report. Uh, so, it says this. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And interesting, in this case, that even as people are brought to the Lord, Barnabas is there 
and offering instruction on how to live a Christian life. In other words, it's more than just excitement, enthusiasm, and religious fervor that you need in order to be able to live and grow and mature as a disciple. He wants the same thing that we want at our church, is that we were growing mature disciples. Uh, Barnabas is there and helping this church to grow mature disciples. Uh, so that uh, that what's happening there is uh, something that bears lasting fruit within the lives and the communities of the people of Antioch. Uh, so uh, he's not just going there to, uh, you know, ch give check marks of whether or not, um, you know, they're, they're a real church or not a real church, but rather going in a way that's going to encourage them and to afford instruction and so that their growth in their relationship with God grows with the sort of strength that it needs as it's aligned with the truth of God's word. Uh, Barnabas is there uh, to see to it that, that um, you know, he's, He's doing work that uh, the Apostle Paul is, is, is about to embark on, um, go, taking the gospel even further than, than Antioch. But let's, let's finish this up. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first. At Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now, there's, in this last bit, uh, it's important to recognize that even here, that the gift of prophecy is something that's, that God is using in order to bring about, um, uh, it's, it's being made manifest in their midst. But it's one of the striking things about what's happened here, even with this gift of prophecy, is that the people within Jerusalem who are about to experience very severe famine, are being helped materially by Christians who are outside uh, the Corneliuses and the Antiochians uh, of the world and the Grecians, who, um, uh, who from the outside, even after they've become Christians and they're being disciples, are now receiving support from the people who prior to this cross-cultural, you know, conflict uh, would otherwise have not been receiving the support that they needed it when they needed it when famine was about to come over the over the over the world. In short, God is is using these people on the outside who have been affected by the gospel, who are providing the material means for their survival in Judea that by the way of their response to God's word and what God has done among the Gentiles, they're receiving from uh, the disciples 
um, and their ministry to the Gentiles, receiving from them the 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 needs to the means to survive, so that by way of responding to the word of God, they've gotten the support through God's hand of providence in this period of famine that's sustaining them uh, throughout this. Uh, this this famine that's uh, across the the Roman world, that I think is is certainly important. The way in which Luke demonstrates how, by way of responding to God's word and responding to the work of God, that's they've they've opened the doors for instruments of blessing and God's providence to be able to come back on them because they responded in the way that they did. Um, and I believe that when we're attentive to the work of God and how, and what it is that he's doing, um, even as it's doing something like crossing cultural boundaries, that when we respond and we follow through wholehearted, with wholehearted obedience to God's word, he has a way of providing, even providing, uh, our means for living, daily bread, uh, in ways and from sources that we never would have expected. So, but with that, uh, thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions. Uh, do, if you haven't, subscribed to the YouTube channel or check out our podcasts and encourage you to please uh, support us financially through this uh, church planning work here in Whitley County and Huntington County uh, as we continue to uh, just... Uh, follow through as best as the Lord can enable us to uh, bring the good news of Jesus Christ um, and life-changing power of the gospel uh, to to each and every one of us, all of us who don't have it but desperately need it, uh, so that uh, God's kingdom would come and his will will be done here in, in uh, Whitley County as it is in heaven. And so that's our prayer. That's our heart. And we're excited and we're, we encourage you to be a part of what we're doing. Uh, so God bless you. Take care. And I look forward to seeing you next time.